0: forget about all these other things that are distractions if you want to get here focus on that and go for it you know like don't let anything else get in your way just dig in and go
1: welcome back guys to the glasgow podcast today again obviously the last couple of weeks we've been moving things in a, a different direction and looking at various careers due to the feedback that we're getting from listeners so today's another part of that we've got roberto poliri tattoo artist roberto how are you i'm very well thanks
0: very much for having
1: me on no no worries i feel that does you a disservice by just saying tattoo artist because you're you're very well known in in glasgow and and beyond i don't like using that term what would you call it what would you describe yourself as
0: I don't even know. I just go down with tattoo. To be honest, the, the artist bit sounds a bit pretentious to me. So, but but I'll take that. You
1: know. <laughs> right, well, we'll go with that. Obviously, you you've been doing it for a long time. But for for anybody who who doesn't know or or maybe isn't aware of of your work, where did it all kind of start from? You go even going back to like, was it something that you wanted to do from a school age, or where where did the kind of the dream start for for tattooing? Right, right, that's that's a really good
0: question. I get asked that quite often. and it's a difficult one to answer, to be honest. I never really set out from a young age to become uh, a tattoo artist at all. In fact, I never knew it was even a possibility of a career. Um, but, I, but basically, uh, I think I was in the right place at the right time. I'd, I'd worked a few crummy little jobs, like working in like, KFC and working in bar jobs and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I was always like academically, like not not at all academically at all, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, artistically, I always. Like excelled at that so when it came to kind of careers day at school you know they kind of said you're going down the art way of things and from that um, working in pubs and stuff people were starting to get tattooed and mm-hmm. being involved in like you know a punk rock kind of scene and stuff people always ask me can you draw me a tattoo and I'd be like yeah and I'd do my kind of crazy crazy drawings that I thought were great at the time and then it all just kind of transpired that an apprenticeship uh, became available for me and like I say right place right time so I, I, I took that opportunity and it kind of got me out of a a terrible job and into a better one
1: mm-hmm. and who was that who was the apprenticeship where, where did you get that uh i started off at a place which was a uh, Frivermore tattoo parlor which is at
0: the top of hope street in glasgow mm-hmm. um it was an amazing place to work it was just starting out at the time as well um and i, I basically got the opportunity just through meeting a girl i, I was kind of listening to like a lot of kind of rockabilly and punk rock music at the time and mm-hmm. going to like club nights for that and i bumped into a girl who was actually a piercer who was uh, starting opening up that store as well. Her, her name's Fiona Thompson now. She's still a good friend and still working in the industry. Mm-hmm. And she managed to get my foot in the door. So a massive thank you to her <laughs> if she's listening. But um, yeah, that's, that's how the whole thing came about. It was just Rivermore was opening and they needed a, a, an apprentice at the time to basically be a and run around and do the, the jobs for everybody. So like I
1: say, right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you obviously went into the, the apprenticeship, did you notice a step up from obviously people had been coming to you beforehand for just drawings and things ad hoc and, and tattoo designs, but what, what were the kind of challenges for you from going from that into an actual tattoo studio environment?
0: Oh, it was absolutely crazy, you know. Like, um, I think I was just very naive at the time. I, like, worked in other jobs, you know, and didn't really understand the whole hierarchy system of an actual tattoo shop. I thought you'd just actually go in there and do some drawings, make some money, go home, and when it got hit with an apprenticeship, you know, it was like a whole world. Like, the guys just basically stripped me right back. They, they said they really enjoyed my drawings, but I was basically told that I was no good and it was more like a kind of army, like earn your stripes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to get to certain levels throughout my career kind of thing before I'd actually get loose on like tattooing people or whatnot, so it was completely different because the average person off the shoot would be like, oh, draw me a tattoo or whatnot, you know. They didn't really, care. they thought, oh, that's a cool drawing, Was yeah. the guys who actually know what's able to be tattooed would sit and go, what is that? You know, mm-hmm. and they question it and, basically just throw it in the bed and tell you you were no use. So it was a complete, like, new world to me and a bit of a shock at first At a point I always thought, I don't think I'm really cut out for this. Yeah. But carried on.
1: That's what I was going to ask. I mean, from from doing those drawings, and as you said, obviously your average person would just go, oh, that's brilliant. But how was that for you then, if somebody sitting there just going, nah, don't don't like that at all, and just chucking it?
0: Yeah, it's... it's, it's uh... Quite hard to take, you know what I mean? But that, I think that's the massive thing in the tattoo industry at the beginning. A lot of your even as bidet standards. If you can't take that criticism, and it's constructive criticism, if you can't take that, then you're not getting out to the job. That's basically what they fundamentally tried to teach me from day one, kind of thing, and I, I'm really thankful for that because it's kind of made me get to where I am now, and not just as an artist, but as a, as a person. You need to be able to just come down off your high horse now and again and and. and learned from the guys who've been doing it, your peers, the guys who've been doing it for years. these guys know what they're talking about, so.
1: And did you have any kind of mentors during that apprenticeship, or was there anybody that, that really stuck out for for helping you through that period?
0: Yeah, I, I was incredibly lucky to be working in the Fremont Tattoo that Time, because it was a shop filled with, um, like, I think there was, like, eight artists all doing different styles, you know, so... I basically, I was mentored under a guy called David Pozo, um, who was a traditional tattoo artist, and he offered me the job and things um, to basically do his drawings for him, like clean his shop. It was his shop and things. Mm-hmm. But working alongside all these other guys, you know, they were fundamentally the guys that were helping me out because the boss wasn't always there. And there was a boy in particular, Craig Ridley, who's, <laughs> he was renowned in Glasgow for a long time. He's been a fantastic tattoo artist. And he basically was the apprentice before I was the apprentice took me under his line basically and
1: showed me like so many things that I'm grateful for yeah it's, I suppose that makes a difference as well because if you don't have that support network that, that apprenticeship would be a lot tougher for, for anyone doing it I suppose rather than getting that network of seven or eight individuals who are all willing to help you
0: well, that, that's And the thing is, as well, like, um, even by today's time the tattoo industry is very much like a, people keep their cards close to their chest. The tattoo industry, me included to a certain extent, mm-hmm. it's an industry we want to protect. And it's not, you know, you, as I said, you can't just have anybody come in it and just reveal all your secrets and within like a week they're tattooed, you know. Yeah. We, we, it's very much like. Needs to be kept, and I was very lucky at the fact of working in forevermore. Like I say, I was earning my stripes going through it. So they they challenged me to little things and put me down and put me back and stuff. And I went through hell and back, which a lot of people don't do in mm-hmm. an apprenticeship these days. I mean, there were days I was told to stand outside for like a whole day because I messed up the setting up of a station or something or not changing a bin properly. Yeah. But for that, because I stuck that out, I therefore almost was uh, introduced to a bit of information that somebody else would necessarily give you. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: I was very lucky at the guys were. They, they could see the potential in me and because I was so willing to go through thick and thin, they 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 gave me that information, made me progress. So mm-hmm. I was very lucky.
1: Yeah. And do you think that's the, the the right way to do it, the kind of earning your stripes and going through that, I suppose, to to realise that it isn't as easy as just going in and, and picking up the needle and, and starting right away.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I've, I've seen so many people like come through doors and for like in my, my career i been in the industry for like ten years now and I've seen people come in and there's a right and a wrong way of doing things and so many people trying they're impatient and they try and fast track through everything and for you you are going to learn nothing really nice you know it's baby steps you know you you need to earn your stripes as such and. And you respect what, what you've done, it's, like it's hard work, and once you've achieved something, you know, you you, don't, you value that more rather than just like, you know, I was flipping, out, I learned that in two seconds, oh, well, I won't it the next time, you know? Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, so like, even now, ten years later, I'm still looking back from day-to-day basis and looking at things that I was taught ten years ago and going, wow, that was so bad. Like, at the time, I never quite understood why the guys were telling me that, like, and being so harsh with me, but now I kind of go, alright, the penny drops, I completely understand why they pushed me back and
1: made me redo things over and over and over again. Mm. Yeah, it kind of made sense. And that, that kind of ties into one of the, the questions that someone had put in, obviously with the the apprenticeship that you'd done, which was like three years. So what someone had asked was, in that kind of time, was there any bits of advice that stuck out for you that you'd got from anybody kind of going through that, that whole journey for you? It's
0: <sighs> hard. I was given so much advice from so many different people. But in particular, I think that the main thing that everybody, and it sounds so cliché, but everybody always said the same thing, was if you really want this, you're going to have to dedicate yourself to it. Like, forget your friends, forget your social life, forget your family almost. I mean, it's, it's a harsh lesson, it? like or a brookie stick in place. Mm-hmm. But it was very true for me at the time. Like, you, you your focus, your main focus for everything is that end game. If you want to become a tattoo artist, sacrifice everything else. Because I was young at the time, you know, like, I, I could have easily been out partying every night or, like, you know, I, I feel a lot, I've kind of lost out in a little bit of, like, my so-called youth, you could say, mm-hmm. uh, just for this job. But then, in, in hindsight, I'm looking back at it and going, well, I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't sac- made that sacrifice. So the fact that people turned around to me back then and says, you know, like, forget about all these other things that are distractions. If you want to get here, focus on that and go for it, you know, like, don't let anything else get in your way, just... Dig in and go
1: and you find a lot of people struggle with that sacrifice level
0: absolutely I get a lot of young guys coming to me being like how did I become a tattoo artist and like I say I'll tell them the exact same story I, I was very lucky to be where I am but mm-hmm. I think when they're coming to me and they're 18, 19 I'm saying man like, live your life Like, don't don't dig down and try and be a tattoo artist because it waters it down like I say if you want to get that proper apprenticeship like I did you're mm-hmm. going to have to give a lot of sacrifice to your personal life and things and it's difficult
1: yeah to maintain that balance yeah, I suppose from from my point of view, the the thing that I was curious about was obviously going going through that apprenticeship and and you're trying to earn your stripes and kind of work your way up. How how did you find that then to try and build your own reputation and get into that routine of having gaining their trust and being able to then deal with customers and things coming in? How was that journey for you? <sighs>
0: That's a good question as well I don't know Thinking back about it It was all such a You know It was, it was a long time ago But mm-hmm. if, if I had to go back in time Like hop in a and Pop out there I think it was quite difficult But I didn't really have Much time to think about Because life was so hectic And so busy Like We were running around After everybody So I think the reputation For me kind of built just due to being given customers and being in such a reputable shop. I mean, people were coming in off the street. It was a street shop. So mm-hmm. people were coming in and as all the other guys were busy. You know, I was getting launched with terrible tattoos to begin with. And the, the word stopped spreading, you know, like, this guy did this tattoo for me. It did not a bad job. And these tell their friends and so on and so forth. And then introducing the whole thing to social media just helped tenfold. And as it is today, I think it's such a strong platform for getting your name out there as any form of artist, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Um, social media boomed at the time. It was like Facebook and things, and I put up a few pictures, and from there, I've just kind of sped and I started building up a client base. So, but I don't know if I had to, if I, that's how I look at it now. But back then, I don't know it was a different story, you know, I was just so busy.
1: Yeah, you don't even have time to, to realise what's been happening. Exactly, that's it. Yeah. And, and see, on the, I know you touched there on the social media side of things, how do you find that interaction? Obviously, I've spoke to a few people who, can I get massive pros from it but big cons as well and I'm always curious to to see different sectors and how they, they find the whole social media bubble.
0: Social media for me is like honestly it can be it's a saving grace and it's also a personal hell at times. Mm-hmm. I think it's very difficult for like the mental health aspect of it because it's such a saturated market now tattooing If I'm brutally honest, there is times that I've sat there and, you know, I've put up, like, what I've thought has been the best tattoo in the world, Mm -hmm. and you get, like, four likes, and yet the guy down the road who has a terrible tattoo gets, like, a million likes, and you start beating yourself up about these things and wondering, what have I done wrong, and how can I aspire to be that guy, and you you do end up judging yourself about what other people are doing rather than your own personal achievements, Mm -hmm. so, for me it's a double-edged sword, because it's such a great marketing tool, it's fantastic, I've got so many, like, customers from that, and I'm very grateful for that, but at the same time, it's a lot of effort, and I, you could ask my wife, I, I spent hours sitting at night time, sometimes just, you know, scrolling on it, looking at other guys and what they're doing in the industry, and it's like, gosh, you know, like, aspiring to be these people, and, yeah. and stealing little bits off them, but at the same time, I'm, I'm losing out, as she says, and almost, like, the fundamental times with her and, you know, the kids, but, you know, it's, it's such a bubble, it's so essential for our industry and for a lot of industries now, the whole social media part, you need it to survive almost.
1: Yeah, it's, I suppose it's kind of taking both the good and the bad, I suppose, because as you say it, most companies just rely on it now, just due to the sheer volume of the audience that you've got in front of you, I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. And from that as well, obviously, I know you were saying that there's a, a few different people that you kind of look at when you're on there. Who's, who are your own kind of inspirations from a tattooing point of view?
0: I, I'm really influenced by a lot of like uh, Italian artists. Like When I first started out um, in my apprenticeship and stuff, I was lucky that my boss actually took me to the Rome Tattoo Convention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't tattooing at the time. I was just his apprentice, like I said, doing his drawings and setting up his different and things. So, to get that opportunity was unbelievable it was unheard of he took me over to Rome and from there it was just a complete eye-opener and, and epiphany for me to be like oh wow you can actually tattoo like this and change my style to do a certain perspective so being around so many Italian tattoos, I started looking at their style and it is a particular style that you get from I mean I can look on Instagram now and be like that guy's from this place that guy's from this place you can tell from the style that they do it mm-hmm. so there's a lot of Italian tattoos out there that I can you know I'm not going to lie, I, I rip off at times, you know, that's what it is, it's a Pirates game, we all came yeah. from each other, that's how it is, so, yeah, Italian takers are the way forward for me.
1: Nice, nice. And from your own, and obviously you, you probably touched on one there, but you've been in the industry, like, touching on a decade now, What, what's your own yeah. kind of highlights, and if you've got any, obviously, any low points for you as well, because we like to show people that Everything isn't brilliant when you go into a career, regardless of what it is. So for you, obviously, yeah. is there anything that sticks out at, at either end? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, highlights. It's the, the best social job ever.
0: Mm. Um, I think every day is a highlight, almost for me. There's no of, like, specific moment that stands out for me. You know that that has been like the high point of my career. I think every day. You know, it's just I could be sitting. Being a bin man or something You know No disrespect to that job But mm-hmm. at the same time It's not for me I wouldn't want to do that The fact I get to go and do Even if it's a terrible tattoo I don't want to do it I'm getting to sit And socialise with somebody Without a boss beating down my neck So mm-hmm. that's a highlight of the job It's a great You get money You get to draw on people And hang out It's just like make, Making friendships with people mm-hmm. But the low side of it I'd say there's probably Far more than what the highlights are Oh really? You know like yeah, absolutely. It's a difficult industry to be in, if, I, if I'm being perfectly honest. And mm-hmm. It does take a certain calibre person to deal with it. I mean, I, I, like I say, through the apprenticeship I was put through hell and back, you know, I was treated like a piece of dirt on people's shoes. Mm-hmm. And you, you're not valued as a human being, you, you're just virtually a skivvy and days being, like I say, kicked out in the middle of winter for not doing like the most insignificant thing, being kicked outside and made to stand there for, you know, close to 12 hours is awful and losing friends you know and trying to maintain like family relationships like i said earlier it's, that, that's the worst stage of it honestly it's such a sacrifice that people just don't realize that
1: you have to do yeah there's so much behind it and i suppose that's the thing that people probably need to know as well because you you must have such a not yourself personally but in the industry there must be such a turnover of people who come in and their reality is nothing like they imagine it to be for an actual tattooist but- job
0: that's exactly how it was for me, to be honest, if I'm perfectly honest, yeah, but, I, I mean, at the time when I wanted to become a tattoo artist, it was like, the, the, the spell of, like, you know, the Miami Ink series and things mm-hmm. like that, and you'd yeah. watch that and be like, oh, wow, it was great, you do, like, one tattoo, open <laughs> a Ford Mustang and go hang out with Nikki Six down at the <laughs> beach, how rock and roll is that, and I made millions. and the reality is I'm sitting, you know, cleaning blood off of people's tubes at the end of the night and everybody <laughs> else is away home, and I'm sitting going, what the hell am I doing in my life, you know, so, yeah, it's completely different from what the, the, the media would portray it as being, you
1: know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and that's the thing, it's, it's getting that reality out there, because I suppose it then, not puts people off, but gives people the actual, this is what this job is like. Yeah, isn't that, as you say, that Miami Inc. lifestyle of you do one tattoo, and that's you done for the day, and you've made X amount of money, and you're fine, it's, it's totally different mm-hmm. to that.
0: Yeah, it's completely, it's a complete opposite, almost. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, and... This was one, again, also just I I'll as we're going, I'll kind of bring these questions in that, that someone had sent in to me as well. And it's probably quite timely given what you were saying about apprentices and going through that. And it's if you were obviously, if you were in the position where you were looking to, to bring somebody in, from, be it from a young age or be it someone who's wanting to become a, a tattooist, what kind of yeah. qualities would you look for in that person to, before you would kind of make any sort of decision about hiring them?
0: I think you'd have to have somebody that's just got that work ethic, you know, you'd, you'd have to have that person, A, that's honest, because there's a lot of times that you're going to mess up in your, your, your career, you know, and many times that I messed up doing my apprenticeship, and that was the test. If I lied about what, I, like, they obviously know what's happened in a shop, you know, mm. if they come around and go, well, like, what's happened here? If you lie, it's game over, you're out the door, basically, you know, there's a lot of trust having to be, they kind of see it as, like, being a family, and the, you know, that, that's, that's fundamentally you need to trust the person that's going to be coming in, you know what I mean? Because one mistake for them could cost you almost your life, you know? And I, that, that sounds really drastic, but mm-hmm. they're dealing with bloodborne diseases here, you know? So if somebody cross-contaminates something, therefore, like, touches a bit of blood when they're cleaning up and then touches a door handle, and you go over and be like, who's touched the door handle there? You know, there's blood on it, and they start like... You know, that person fundamentally is, like, they're a threat to you, not just you, but other people, so you can't have them in a the shop, you know? Yeah. But I think... Um, Another thing would have to be that just the work ethic. Like I say, they'd have to be hard and dedicated to doing what they want to do, you know? Like, you get a lot of people that I've seen, like I said earlier, they come in and they're just they about the job. They think they can just, literally like, like, walk through it, and it's not that way. You literally have to be a certain caliber of person to do it. Mm-hmm. You can tell that person within, like, five seconds of talking to them, honestly.
1: Yeah, that's it, because you must get a lot of people, even when you're tattooing or you obviously you, you must be like a, a kind of agony uncle at times to some people as well but yeah. you must yeah get the questions about people who want to be a tattoo artist and, uh, and as you say can you just tell right away if that person's serious or they're just kind of they're living in a yeah. different world as to what that uh, job looks
0: like absolutely you, you've, you've nailed it right there that's exactly what it is uh, and i do i get that a lot and you get people kind of asking little bits about like how you become a tattoo artist and asking about things that you do like machines and inks and things like that and you can tell like yeah they've got a, a, an interest but then you ask them about their own personal life and like their, their aspects of like how, how they do their, their current job and things and you think well if you're applying those rules to your current life at the moment when you come into this industry it's going to be a kick in the face for you, you know mm-hmm. like you you're, you're if you can't do that now you're not going to make it in the tattoo industry so straight away you can kind of be like you're, you're not going to make it and a lot of people like I say after you, you, I tell them these stories you know you can see them going oh really like that doesn't sound you know as great as it's meant to be Yeah, it's a wake up call for a lot of people
1: yeah and I suppose it's the same have you have you been in studios when you've seen kind of new starts and you, even in that environment can you tell whether they are going to last the course or not
0: yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. and I, I, I have to say um, not that I'm Billy Big Bossy or anything but I've always been right <laughs> See, yeah. after like about a week a guy being in a studio I've always said to other people like, that guy's not going to last and hey ho I've not been proved wrong yet
2: so mm-hmm.
0: he, like I say it's a certain calibre of person and you can tell as well as I, like I've ever said to many people before I can tell people when I've been to like tattoo conventions and things those who have done an apprenticeship and mm-hmm. those who haven't and I can tell the people who haven't done the apprenticeship properly, five ten years down the line, they're not here anymore. They're off doing something else. You know, they're onto the next big fad, like, like barbering or mm-hmm. you know nail salon, something like that. You know, so they're just in it for the quick buck. They're not in it for the, the you know the care of the, of the career.
1: Yeah, and I think surely that must then go against their kind of reputation as well. Because if you can tell that they're not as not at the top of their game as they should be, then surely your customers will start to notice things like that as well when they're going to these people.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. People, that's one thing I've learned big time about people, you know what I mean, is that people aren't stupid, you know. Like, customers know things. They can see, like, dynamics of how shops run. They, they, there are many people that have come to me and be like, oh, you were in that shop and this happened and whatnot. And it was things that I'm like, wow, how, how did you know that? You know, like, even I was working there and I didn't even notice that at times. But people are not stupid. Customers are very aware of what's going on within places and they know, like, how shop should be run and it's, it's quite a nice eye opener when you speak to people and they tell you like oh i've seen this guy um he, he's not in that shop anymore is he and you go is he not and then they're right about it and you go how did you know and they go yeah. and i knew he wouldn't cut it so it, it's quite interesting when the customer actually tells you you know
1: yeah and i suppose it's probably you maybe don't realize it's that obvious when people are coming in and kind of looking at it from an outsider point of view as well and, and yeah. making that assumption is it's it's probably unlike any other work environment see just the way you're, you're talking about it and i think you could go from like an office environment into that and i think it would be the most massive culture shock in the world to somebody just just but, moving that's it.
0: what i tell people yeah that's exactly what i'm trying to get at yeah that's exactly what it is like i say i, I always say that they should always do like a real life documentary mm-hmm. and get you know like it'd be a fly in the wall in a real tattoo shop and see the day-to-day running and it would be The best viewing you'll ever see (laughs) or Probably the worst might I say as well But I think it would be a massive eye opener For those who want to be in the industry And they'd be like going Oh this isn't you know The rock and roll This is not what it's cut out to be It's actually relatively boring Just watching a bunch of guys tattoo And having to deal with crazy people You know (laughs) But yeah I think they should definitely do a more realistic The Miami Ink thing and all that stuff Don't get me wrong Was great for the industry But it should also just go away now I think During that period Let's be honest about it now
1: well, I think we get reality for everything else, so why not get a tattoo shop in there? That would be brilliant. Exactly. No, let's hopefully Netflix are listening. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just, just don't give me a shit. Don't give me a shit. <laughs> don't want to know what I got to. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Right. So that this one's not that I'm not that I'm playing to your ego, but I would like an honest answer. And I think some people struggle with this one when I when I ask it. But you've obviously you you've built a big customer base not not just in the UK, but all over the world as well, and yeah. the thing that that I'm curious of is from your own mind, obviously from your own point of view, you, you know you're good at what you do, but what do you think makes you so successful that you've got these clients that are kind of returning and spreading the word, and it's not just in the UK looking at your own point of view on it what do you think makes it so successful for you? Uh, I, I,
0: I'm
1: going to say that I
0: my, my tattoos are not great to be honest I'm going to like completely disagree with you there But uh, you know I'm my own worst critic uh-huh. But um, and yeah and be honest and say I think people just come to me because I'm really good looking That's all it is you know what <laughs> I mean it's nothing to do with tattoos You know uh, I've got great chat And I'm a good looking guy Now in all honesty I, I'd say that um, I think it's because I, I, I do A certain style of tattoo with a slight t- Twist on it you know I do my mm. own Signature twist on it and there's not many people around that are kind of doing a similar thing. There's probably a lot of tattoo artists that will be listening to this, laughing right now. Like, yeah, it's because you do terrible tattoos, you know. That's what the <laughs> appeal is there. But and these people are stupid for coming to me, you know. But um, yeah, I think it's uh, I'm doing something that not a lot of people out there are kind of doing, you know. Like I, I get that a lot that people. Here they're everywhere Turn around and say Oh and, and that is the most rewarding thing Might I say as well I'll go back to what you said earlier About high, high points mm-hmm. This is a high point I love when people turn around And it is a A massage of the ego But people turn and say Oh I was in that shop the other day And I seen a guy With one of your tattoos And I'm always like Well how do you know it was mine and they're going It was yours You yeah. know And they ask and say Yeah what?" And that's so rewarding That you're actually being you know, notice for what you're doing And it's great that these people are talking to each other about you And things like, you know, that that's wonderful You know, I'm actually, like, appreciated mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I've got people, as you said, that travel here, they're everywhere I've got a girl that travels all the way through, like, Hong Kong Which is mad, like I don't even like getting out my my bed in the morning to go to work But this girl travels, like, 24 hours or something to come get a tattoo off me how,
1: which did, is crazy. how did that begin? Now, did that start?
0: Uh, she was over in Glasgow In fact, she was over in Edinburgh, I believe um, studying there and she came through to Glasgow and was looking up <laughs> like Italian tattoos, believe it or not right. like, it's so random I don't know right. why but she liked that style as well like she said and she thought I was initially Italian I'm not I'm, not, I'm as Italian as a tiny spaghetti is <laughs> um, but she looked up and came into the shop but tattooed off of me and then went back to Edinburgh and then her you know she ran out of like the time being here or, mm-hmm. or whatnot, and she had to go back and so they're just kept in touch again via social media, and just yeah. kept flying back over again. So as she said she'd been everywhere; she'd, she'd travelled all over Europe, and she didn't have like anybody that did anything similar to me. So um, she just kept coming back to me as soon as I started on her. So I, I thought that was crazy, and I'm mm-hmm. still like super, you know, like it's amazing that she did that. Like uh, that that will always. If I write a book on my tattoo career, she's definitely going in it. Was yeah, lovely. that's
1: a, that's a pinch-yourself moment that somebody's flying from Hong Kong to the UK just so you can tattoo them. It was mad, absolutely mad. <laughs> oh, tremendous, I love that. Um, I know we touched on kind of high points and low points earlier, but more, more of a general one, obviously you'd said there that the kind of tattooing industry just now is quite a saturated market, but from your, your own point of view, is there anything that, is a massive kind of dislike for you about the industry? Is there anything that you would change about the industry if you could?
0: Oh, that's such a good question. And it's one of those ones, you know, like how do I approach this without sounding (laughs) terrible? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, basically just get rid of guys like me and the industry will be fine. (laughs) (laughs) I think a massive thing that has happened, like since my time in the industry is the cheapening of tattoos. Um, you know, a lot of people, and this is a talks like we talk about this all the time mm-hmm. in shops. Like every shop I've worked in, it's always spoken about, and the fact that it is such a saturated market, you're going to get people that come in and they cheapen and cheapen and cheapen it. So they're, they're basically undercutting other artists all the time, yeah. and that's a massive thing that I have to like be a, a warning to those out there. Don't get me wrong, I have in the past been in a shop and got a cheap tattoo mm-hmm. but that's because I've known the person and yeah. you know it's like makes rates kind of thing. Yeah. And I couldn't believe how much I had to pay and that's just what the guy did. That was like and he was a fantastic tattoo. There's a lot of like underground tattoo shops as such, you know, street shops and stuff who are doing, you know, what we would have charged, like a two hundred and forty pound tattoo, they're turning around saying, you know, like forty pounds. Mm-hmm. And you is, people are getting terrible tattoos and therefore what we're getting now is having to do more cover ups. And that is the worst thing I hate doing is cover-ups. It's constant cover-ups. Rather than the person just coming to you in the first place, paying the money for the good tattoos. Yeah. And I know it's be a wee bit more money, but they don't, they go to these cheap shops just because of the price. It's like window shopping, you know, they're mm-hmm. trying to get the great deal, but they don't get a great deal. It's a false economy.
2: Yeah. You get a
0: terrible tattoo on them, and then it gives us more work. So I wish that would just stop, like, guys just be, like, other tattooers out there, and the majority of good tattoos out there will be be honest about it and be like, yeah, but this is how much the tattoo should be, mm-hmm. they stick by it. But those guys out there that, again, most of them haven't done apprenticeships and stuff like that, stop shooting in the industry, it drives me mad, absolutely insane. Every day I'm having to do cover-ups all the time. And there of people as well that message me, like I say, and be like, how much for this tattoo? That's the first question they ask you. Yeah, you know, and you're, you're, Why is that the first question? Because you should be like, can you do this as a possible? Well, you're out there to educate, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, I don't expect them to know everything about tattooing, but if your first question is how much is the tattoo going to be, it's warning signs to me straight away.
1: Mm-hmm. And can you, even with the, with the cover-ups, of people just coming in in general... What, what are the kind of telltale signs for you that it is a, a bad tattoo or it's been done on the kind of cheap?
0: Oh, you, you can tell straight away if you like. We, we refer to them as scratchers in the industry. Mm-hmm. You can tell straight away if somebody's like not had a clue what they're doing. Like, you can look at the line work straight away and, like, A, that's not in the skin deep enough. The B, the, the machine's not been running properly. Like, the needle's bouncing about here, there, everywhere. And I have to admit, like, again, without. Having the ego or anything When I did my apprenticeship And I did terrible tattoos Like I say those You know in the commas mm-hmm. But my boss would kick me out The studio for them You know this is like my first tattoos yeah. My boss would go through me at the time And kick me out the studio And I would take it tight And I wouldn't get near the tattoo machine For another like six months Because of it you know mm-hmm. And at the time again Like I say I'd be like Why is he being so harsh with me But at least I wasn't doing What these people are currently doing And these people are charging Good money for it and I think that's where it's all wrong. You can tell straight away, these, these people shouldn't be in the industry. They're killing it.
2: Mm-hmm. They're
0: doing a bad job. And then, like I say, these people who are coming into the cover-up are surprised that you're charging them, you know, four or five times the price to cover it up. You're saying, well, oh, I'm having a decent job, and you've made my job harder, so you've been as welcome to me in the first place. So, But yeah, I've seen so many terrible tattoos in my time.
1: Yeah, I can imagine you've got a collection of horror stories for, for ones oh, that yeah. you've had, or ones that you've seen. Um, oh yeah that was actually a a question that somebody else had had put in was what's the strangest request you've had for a tattoo do
0: you know I I get asked that that's probably the most common I get asked on a day-to-day basis and i, and I have to answer it the same way every time strange is just the norm in the tattoo industry for me now like it, you know I, i've tattooed so many weird things on people that you know one week you're doing it on Sunday, and the next week you're doing it and then before you know it, it just becomes normal. you're desensitized to it and you're just going yeah you want a picture of a stick man like you know shagging another stick man and one saying it's you and one saying it's your mum that's absolutely fine you know like it's crazy like what people get on them but i have to say that the biggest shock moment like that had to a, you know, with a with a tattoo that i seen Was a girl who came back from Magalith And she'd just turned 18 as well And she basically had over her privates the name Brian written in huge, bold, black Jeez. letters So, yeah And she didn't know who Brian was, might I add, as well So that was quite interesting
1: So was she, was she looking to get that covered up? Or what was the, the conversation? Yeah, she had to get it covered up Yeah, she was looking to get it covered up So that's how the whole
0: conversation came up And that's how I ended up tattooing her Which I might say was the most awkward tattoo Considering her mum was sitting, like, two feet away from me So...
1: She must have been highly amused, her mother, we're coming back for fa- with fa- that one. Yeah, the the mum wasn't
0: happy at all. I think she basically just came off a plane My mum would drag her in a tattoo shop and said fix that straight away. So, oh,
1: what did you change it to?
0: I had to do like a butterfly over it because it, at the time there wasn't, like, you know, laser removal is a massive thing now. Yeah. At the time it wasn't as big or as good as what it is now. So really your options really were covering it up and, you know, she was a pretty girl and things, and you wouldn't want her kicking around with Brian the rest of the <laughs> day. So. But, but I, did, I did tell her she could literally just go around to every pub in Glasgow and just ask for Brian. That's and then as soon true. as she seen right. one that she liked, then that would be the guy, you know? Yeah. So, but she wasn't having that. So.
1: <laughs> oh, brilliant. And do you, have you ever refused anybody? Have you ever got a request and went, no, I'm not doing
0: it? Yeah, probably, as I say, more more often than not, it's, it's refusing to tattoo people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've got a. a Again, not having the ego or anything, but I've got enough of a client base now that I can turn around and, be like, listen, if this tattoo that you're wanting is terrible, it, it, I've got a moral standard to it. Yeah. I wouldn't do something on somebody I wouldn't get myself. Yeah. So, therefore, if you get crazy requests of people or just stupid things, like what you were saying earlier about people getting stupid tattoos, back in the day, I would have done it mm-hmm. because I was told to do it when I worked in a shop under people. Now, I'm in a shop where I'm basically my own boss. I, I, I decide, and at the end of the day, it's my reputation on the line, so I'm not going to do stupid crazy things on people that are going to come back in like five, ten years time and I'm going to be embarrassed and they're going to be embarrassed yeah. by it. So, yeah, more often than not now, my message box is still with people that I'm just refusing and saying I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm.
1: And is that the the main criteria for you? Is it if it's not something that you would kind of have yourself It's just a, a non-starter?
0: Uh, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the way it should be in the tattoo industry now, yeah.
1: Oh, fair enough. Right, this, this one's a wee bit of a bit of a self-reflection one and I think I'm I'm curious to know what the answer is going to be given what we have spoken about but obviously going back to your younger self be it at the the start of your apprenticeship or at the start of you kind of leaving school and getting into the working world if you were Mm -hmm. to go back there now knowing everything that you know and everything that you've experienced what what would you tell your your 16 year old or your younger self about what's coming or would you change anything?
0: That's a good question actually. Um, I always speak about like school and things like that to like customers quite a a topic that always comes up. And mm-hmm. I think like when I was younger, there was a massive drive for like higher education. You know, like mm-hmm. um, it was all about like you sticking at school, you get the grades, you go into university, and then you get a good job. Whereas all the guys that kind of dropped out and like thud and you know second things like that, who are the, the the idiots you may say, they've all became joiners and got apprenticeships and things, and they're excelling in the world. You know, mm-hmm. but. I, I am just incredibly lucky to end up where I am because as an artist, and like I say, that's all I was really good at in life, um, what other job could I be doing other than being a tattooer, you know, where I actually have a stable income all the time? Um, so I was, if I had to go back to being 16 again, I'd probably just do the exact same as what I did, you mm. know? I, I didn't really have a care in the world at 16. Careers Day came around and I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. All I was interested in was girls and music. Yeah. So and, and I think, did that
1: <laughs> And do you think there's more of a or there should be more of a focus on not just careers like a tattoos, but all different kind of careers that are out there and not just about kind of getting that higher education and your qualifications and degrees which are brilliant but there is mm-hmm. other paths out there for kids
0: absolutely yeah I I think that that's it I think the world's so driven by like you know getting these degrees and diplomas and all that thing and really half the time I turn around to people who are coming in to get tattooed off me and, you know, these guys are really, really smart, but yet, you know, they've done like six to like ten years worth of education. Now they're sitting going, I hate the job, I don't want to do it now. Mm. And you're thinking, well, what would you want to do? And you find out later on they've got like a really creative aspect to their life and you think, wow, if you'd applied that, you could have went down that line kind of thing and you'd be probably a lot... Hindsight's a great thing, isn't it, though? You never know. It's such a, a hard thing to actually give like a right or wrong answer to. I can only speak from personal perspective and I think I'm just incredibly lucky to end up where I am mm-hmm. because if I, if I hadn't, you know, went down that path and like I said, been at the right place at the right time, I'd probably still be sitting in a crummy pub job or probably sitting on firm currently because everything else is locked yeah. down, isn't it? Yeah, so, exactly. I'm
1: actually,
0: yeah, I'm actually lucky to be where I am but mm-hmm. yeah, I think it should be acceptable. Art for me when I was at school was not seen as a career, you know, it was mm-hmm. kind of like all the kind kenny people went to art school. That's how it was seen. Like, you're not going to really aspire to be anything, but you're good at drawing, so you just go and do that. Yeah. All the people who want to be doctors and stuff, yay, thumbs up to you, go and do that. But it should be more catered towards, you know, like, the creative aspect of things and more jobs in place for these people.
2: Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think as
0: well, like... It, Youtuber put that in there. Youtuber was never a thing when I was at school. Yeah. These guys are millionaires now, you know. Like yeah, exactly. if I turned around when I was sixteen and said, "I'm going to sit in front of a TV and talk to people," people would have laughed at you. Now it's a thing, so yeah. So See, just do what you want to do. If I was sixteen now,
1: yeah, I think youtuber and influencer. I I, I don't think would have been if somebody had said that to you ten years ago. I think you would have laughed him at the room.
0: Exactly, that's it.
1: But it's a massive but only industry. fans. Yeah exactly. Only- yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, not that I'd recommend that to anybody, but yeah, it's. Oh, like I like am doing. over. I'm, I'm starting Well, you do, You might get a Netflix deal off this reality show we're trying to get. So you never know. <laughs> <laughs> never know. <laughs> um, that obviously you touched on it there with the follow thing. How's COVID been from from your point of view? Because obviously that's that's hit a lot of businesses and independent people massively, kind of hard. But how's it been for you?
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's a bit bittersweet to be honest for me. Um, the lockdown period of it was absolute hell and earth, to be honest. Um, just to try to keep busy and things like mm-hmm. that is a, a complete nightmare. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've re- only recently been diagnosed with having ADHD. Like, uh, so I, I, I behave a certain manner, and a lot of people are like, you know, when I told them, you know, I've got ADHD, they'll, they'll start laughing, being like, really? Well, you know, you know. But yeah. I, I've never really known that, and I think it really came to light during lockdown for me that mm-hmm. yeah, I, I did have, you know, like a condition there because. I was just dying to get to work, I was super hyperactive, I was feeling really unfulfilled, and again, the whole thing with the, the, the social media aspect of it and things like that was really trying on my mind, so I constantly try to keep busy, but luckily I've got like a wife and kids who are great, and my wife really helped me out through the whole thing, but being back at work now is great, it's, it's fantastic, because a lot of people can't A, go on holiday, there's no gigs on, there's no pubs, there's nothing like that, so people have got all this surplus money, mm-hmm. what can they spend it on? Me. So happy <laughs> days me. Yeah,
1: go tattoo industry. That you're so right because there is people and I've spoke to like friends of mine and that's what their chat is like, Oh, I'm gonna get a couple more tattoos because I've got money now that I didn't have or I, I hadn't budgeted for. So I might as well spend exactly. it. And I suppose that gives you guys a boost as well because it keeps that kind of side of the economy ticking over.
0: Absolutely. That's it. Like like my old boss, I always remember that, he always turned around and he said there's a great there's great industries to be in and times are hard and that is Drinking, gambling and tattooing, they're the three things that always you on anything. So anyways, right.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. that's but when you think about it, can I make sense as well? Yeah, that's it. A couple more to go, but what, what I'll do first, yeah? I'll, go, I'll give you this one that I give everybody. And as you know, obviously, we like to promote people from different career sectors, different jobs, where they've got their own business or they're doing their own thing. And always ask my guests if there's anybody that you know who he's got a, a, a brilliant story or a brilliant journey and you think would be good to come on and share?
0: Absolutely. Um, one is actually like, he was a customer who became a, a really close personal friend just due to tattooing him and things. I think probably a lot of people know him already. He's a my good friend, Ben mm-hmm. Um, He's a busker in Glasgow. Um, he, he was known for being the guy with the dreadlocks, basically. And yep. uh, he just is mind-blowing. He's like the nicest guy ever. And, he did really well for himself getting uh, on tour with Emily Sandy just before lockdown and things and I think his career was about to like take off at that point and then obviously COVID's hit and it's been a complete dampener for him and I know at times like this you know like no venues can have you in like singing or anything like that so it's been a bit of a hard time for him but honestly the guy is such an inspiration to me included so many people including myself like I I think he's just so hard working and dedicated and he deserves to be recognised and given the opportunity to be making good money from what he does, because he's so talented, honestly.
1: Yeah, he's always got a crowd around him, when he's like, When I remember him at the bottom of Buchanan Street, and it was always, like, yeah. 60, 70 people easily watching him constantly.
0: Yeah. yeah, the guy's so good at what he does, and, like, the most humble human being I've ever met, and honestly, we bonded over, like, I tatted his full back and things like that, and bonding over that was insane. He's been, been through quite tough times and stuff, so... Mm. Um, it was a bit of an eye opener for me because being self showed me thinking, oh, life is terrible at times because I don't get to tattoo what I want to tattoo and things. And then hearing what he's been through and how he just keeps going, I was like, yeah, man, like I should dry my eyes and get on with things, yeah, you know. So yeah. um, he, he definitely deserves to be out there, and he definitely deserves like more recognition for for what he does. He, he's he's insanely talented.
1: Perfect. I will give him a wee message and see if I can get him on. Anybody else, or is it just Ben for you?
0: Yeah, uh, there's also another guy that um, I I don't know if uh, he would be suited suitable candidate. He's a bit crazy to be honest. <laughs> uh, he, he's another customer to be honest with me, and uh, his name's Niall McCamley. Um, he was in a, a band called The Spook School, um, who were kind of like a, a crazy, like fun punk band, mm-hmm. um, but. He's now working in collaboration with the the Science Centre in Glasgow, and he does, like, videos, and my kids absolutely love him. And my wife and I were just like, this guy should be on, like, CBeebies or something. He's, he's such a great presenter. He's, a, he's out there educating kids um, about, obviously, science, mm-hmm. but he does it under, like, character names and things, and he's such a great actor. Like, he had a character called Squiggles, which was, like, a terrible uh, superhero, so he was, like, a failed superhero, and I've seen him, like, run around, like, the streets of Glasgow and things, and people are always like, what's going on here, and <laughs> he's brilliant at what he does, honestly, I think, just scrap all these CBeebies, like, presenters, and get this guy in, honestly, he's entertainment for the web goal, definitely give him a shout, and just, if he can, like, calm him down, because he's a bit crazy, to be honest, <laughs> but give him a shout if he can.
1: Yeah, that one sounds good as well, that's got my curiosity going on that one. Um... Right, we'll finish with a couple of questions that people have gave me over the last couple of days. I'll give you the one first that you will probably get six million times a day. The best and worst pieces that you've done?
0: Ha! Uh, I don't think there is a best. <laughs> <laughs> they're, all the, they're all the worst, to be honest, you know? Sorry if you've got one of my tattoos on you, but I'm just being honest, it's probably terrible. and In a week's time, I'll look back on it and shake my head. Um, that I, I'd probably say like one of my, my best because... It was, like I say, so difficult to do um, It wasn't all planned in the one it, it, it is Ben Monte's back piece It got so much recognition for it But it wasn't planned to be a back piece It started off with one tattoo And then started growing and growing Almost like a giant jigsaw puzzle And right. I think the fact that I managed to pull that off in the end I almost amazed myself I was just like, how am I going to expand this to be what it is? You know, make everything run together
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, But my worst tattoo uh, <laughs> I, I, I would actually say it was uh, probably on me really? <laughs> I, t- I tattooed myself and now I'm trying to get rid of it I'm trying to leave it off, it's awful
1: What was it? I'm
0: trying to hide it uh, It's like a terrible It's more of a cabbage But it's meant to be a rose on my leg really? But it, it just looks like a cabbage It's awful, honestly <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody out there Who's probably listening to this Absolutely screaming right now at it, Being like, I've got the worst tattoo so if, you, if that is you, I do apologise. I'll
1: probably fix it for you at some point. but so yeah, there's so many different that is. Oh, brilliant! Uh, last one, quite an interesting one, I suppose. It's it's something that people probably are curious about as well for for you. And you touched on it there, just with that that piece you were doing on Ben's back, and obviously you've got sessions that can go on for for several hours. And yeah. what someone had asked was, how do you? Manage to maintain that level of focus because obviously it's, it's not something that people can just do off the cuff.
0: Uh, I, I don't maintain focus, like I say. Um, I, like I say, I, I've got ADHD, so the maximum I can generally do is like four hours, and then I'm just bored, I, I'm just trying to get you out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for that time, the period of like four hours, I generally just and you can ask any of my customers, I talk absolutely. Crud. Like I'll just talk at you And if you don't talk at me I'm going to interrogate you yeah. And I talk and I talk and I talk And it's almost like I go on an autopilot Because I'm not thinking about What I'm doing I'm more like on, on, on the conversation With the person
2: mm-hmm.
0: Rather than what I'm actually doing So in that time By the end of it I go Oh I've just been speaking For four hours And your ears are bleeding And so your back <laughs> Or what not So um, that's how I generally maintain My focus of tattooing For that amount of time I just don't really think About the tattoo If I'm honest
1: Yeah just sold out Yeah that's it yeah. And the, the last one that somebody's asked, and I've actually wondered this myself, but I've never actually asked anybody when I've had a tattoo done. Have you ever had anybody come in, get the tattoo started, and then because of the pain just stopped and left it?
0: Yes, absolutely. There's one girl in specific. It six in my mind. God, I hated her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she, she, she was absolutely covered in tattoos. This was when I worked at Land Ahoy Tattoo right. um, before I moved to the current shop, Black Cobra. And mm. she came in there and she was covered in tattoos. I mean, she had them all over her face, all her back. But like I say, there were scratcher tattoos done in somebody's house. They were terrible. Mm-hmm. And she was turning 18. So she'd had these before she was over the legal age. She wow. tattooed. And she wanted a rose on her ribs. And I swear, I did one line on her, one line with the tattoo machine. And she jumped off the bed and stood for 25 minutes saying, one minute, please. One minute, please. She was just in shock. And then she turned around to me after wasting 25 minutes of my time and said, I don't think you're doing it properly because this is really sore. And uh, at which wow. point I was basically like, yeah, I think it's time to leave. So yeah, she came back the next day though and said that she wanted to give it a bash again. Um, I don't think she could have handled it anyway. So now she's kicking about with one line on her ribs and <laughs> a whole lot uh, of craziness all over her face. So well done her.
1: <laughs> and do you think people underestimate the pain factor when they're wanting a yeah. tattoo?
0: Yeah,
1: as I as I always say there's always people that should be getting
0: tattooed and those that don't. And if you come in and you think it's not going to be so art, then you're just being stupid. And I think those people that do come in and get tattooed, you're also stupid. Just don't get tattooed, that's what I think.
1: <laughs> that's a sales pitch right there from a tattoo artist. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. I don't do it, so you shouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Roberto, it's been brilliant. Um, I think it's been a a really good, but a really honest look into the tattooing world as well, and I think for anybody listening and in, and who is thinking about doing it, it gives you food yeah. for thought definitely on whether you want to do it or not. And see from your point of view, is there any advice you would give to somebody who's in that position? Uh,
0: just got me a message, you know. I'll, I'll talk to you out of it probably, but no, <laughs> like I think. Go for it if you really want to be a tattoo artist, like go for it. If you want to get a tattoo, go for it. You know, live your life. Everybody makes their own decisions. But as a tattoo artist, I am happy if you all message me and ask any questions at all. I'm always like my my, my inbox is always open for you. And I'll always try and help people out and be honest with them. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not the guy to do your tattoo, I'll send you the guy who's right to do the tattoo. And if you want to be a tattoo artist, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. So...
1: Brilliant. Appreciate Always message that. me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you'll regret that now when the inbox is full. I know it's going to be filled, in <laughs> not Oh, amazing. Right. Thank you very much, mate. I appreciate it. And obviously, best luck for the future. Thank you very much for having me, Jill. No, no worries, mate. Take care.